Well, hello and welcome again to the TCT podcast. I'm Jordan Thomas and TCT exists to treasure Christ together. And we are a network of local churches that joyfully support pastors and their wives and seek to encourage churches to start new Christ treasuring churches. You can find out more about TCT at tctnetwork.org. And today I'm very excited about opportunity to have a conversation with my dear brother, Nathan Knight, who is a pastor in Washington, D.C. He serves at Restoration Church and brother, welcome to this episode. Good to be here, man. Thanks for inviting me in to try to help the brothers and sisters. Yeah, what what a joy to to talk with you. Um, Today's theme, we're going to talk about treasuring Jesus with our family. But before we dive into that theme, why don't you just give the folks a little overview of your life? And I tell you what, why don't you try to give us a kind of five, six, seven bullet point list of your life story. So born, raised all the way to today, as succinct as you can. Born to Christian parents, praise the Lord, raised in a Christian home in Tennessee, Florida, Georgia, and uh, came to faith in Christ, I believe, at the age of 19. I would have said it had been before that, after some kind of transition turmoil, trusted in Christ, and I was baptized at Shatterbrook Baptist Church in Suwannee, Georgia, after really thinking deeply about whether or not this is my faith and my parents' parents' faith, Hmm. worked through that, trusted Christ at 19. And uh, went to seminary uh, with my married, my married, my beautiful wife. And uh, 2003, we have two boys, which we'll talk about. And uh, one's about to turn 12 on Wednesday. The other one is eight or sorry, nine. And uh, went to seminary at Southeastern, came and planted the church here, uh, moved here May 1st, 2009. Amen. Amen. Well, in addition to our connection through TCT, it was a joy for me and God's just unlimited wise providence and and his way of connecting dots that I had the privilege, as you know, of preaching at your home church years ago, unrelated to my connection to you through a former seminary friend who ended up on staff there at Shadowbrook. So that was a, that was another joy. I forgot about that. Yeah. I got to meet your brother and uh, just amazing how, yep. Six degrees of separation. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> All right, so tell us just a little bit about the work in D.C. How long have you been there? Um, just tell us a little bit about the church, what you've seen the Lord doing over those years. Uh, yeah, me and my wife and our, at the time, one-year-old son moved here after a church planning residency at North Wake, which is where I originally met you, yep. North Wake Church in Wake Forest, North Carolina, along with Joey and Paige Craft, and there, and there at the time, uh, five- or six-month-old uh, girl, we moved up here May the 1st, 2009, didn't know a soul here, um, and uh, moved here because we wanted to go to an urban setting outside the traditional South that was a place of gospel need, uh, where the nations were present and university students were present, and that city fit all the bill. And so here we are, 10 years, we just celebrated, been here 11 years, coming up on May the 1st, mm. and uh, and our church celebrated sort of in exile, <laughs> Uh, our 10-year anniversary, March the 28th. Mm. So March 28th, 2010 was our covenanting day. So, Praise God. So just to underline again, you guys had no deep roots in D.C. And if I'm understanding correctly, as you're telling the story, really no like relational 
connections or ties to the city. Yeah. True? None. Yeah, we'd never, the furthest north we'd lived was in seminary in North, in North Carolina. Never lived in an urban setting. Uh, did not have, a, we have a good relationship with Capitol Hill, which a lot of the listeners might know about them. Mm. Uh, we now have a great relationship with them, but didn't know them. They didn't know us. We knew of them. But, you know, no relationships. We, in a true sense of the word, people say parachute planning. I think we really did that for better, or for worse. That's what we did. Praise God. And 10 years later, by God's grace, you're still here talking about it. Still going by <laughs> the grace of God. Still going well, man. Amazing. Praise the and Lord. Sometimes I wonder how, but yeah, oh, man, are. it has been really a thing of beauty for, for me to be able to watch kind of from the third, fourth row um, from your church planning Amen. residency days in North Carolina through the through the years of what the Lord's been doing there. So truly an encouraging work. How can folks find you guys on the internet? Restorationchurchdc.com. Where I, I think my compadre over here, my other pastor, Joe, that I serve with, has now set it up, rcdc.church. Very good. Okay, very good. All right, well, let's shift gears and talk about our theme for today's discussion, which is treasuring Jesus with our family. And through the years, I've been uh, encouraged by catching crumbs from your table and just knowing your love for your bride and for your boys. Uh, mm -hmm. But as we as we kind of dive into that theme, let's start at 30,000 foot view and then go down into kind of some of the practicals of what it looks like in the night home. But uh, 30,000 foot, just talk for a second about some of the joys and challenges of life in the city. Like what floor of a building do you guys live on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, man, it's, 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 yeah, it's not bad. We live in, uh, we live inside the district. If for the listeners, have you ever been to the city? We live, I could, I could hit the national cathedral with a seven iron. Uh, that's kind of where we're at. We live right next to where the vice president lives. So we're in the district. We're not outside of it. And uh, we live in a, a, a apartment unit that has 500 units in it. And we live on the 14th floor on a kind of corner piece. It's got a little porch on it. So it, it's not tiny. It's not huge. It's not tiny. It's very livable. Um, we spend a lot of time. My boys here, just this will give you an idea. My boy, Judah, my oldest son, was given a bike uh, six or seven months ago. And they love riding bikes. And he has ridden it zero times mm -hmm. in the last six to seven months because there's no place to ride bikes because it's all busy streets and stuff like that. So uh, we have one car, not two, just one car. I ride my bike to get around. Most of our life is within three square miles mm. of where I'm talking to you from right now. Um, and so that's sort of our life. It's, it's got a lot of the nations are present here. People from all over the world are here. And, uh, and it's a fast pace, congested, uh, very sort of more liberal towns, not a, um, not a lot of church going people here in our side of town. And, uh, yeah, it's, that's kind of our town, but it's a great town. We love it. We love it here. Mm. We love it. Amen. And you mentioned in your bio that, uh, your oldest son was about one when you guys moved yeah. to the district. So your second son was obviously born there. Yep. What is his name and what is his age? Elisha Knight. And, uh, he's nine years old. Yeah. Okay. And Judah is now 11. Judah will be 12 as of Wednesday. Well, so April the 22nd. All I'm right. Sure listening, yeah. Listening will be Praise God. We'll tell him. Uncle Jay says happy birthday. Yeah, All right. <laughs> uh, let's drill down into kind of night family. Now that people know a little bit about your context, as far as where the Lord's placed you, where you live, where you minister in that hectic pace of life. Um, just talk about what does it look like for Christ to be the uh, most significant person in the night home? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we talk about Jesus a lot. He's the hero of everything. Uh, I really build the kind of uh, the aroma of our home. You know, you everybody walks into a room and it's got a smell to it, mm. right? And so when you walk into a room, the aroma, unless I hope that Andy and I are establishing, is every good thing, right, James teaches us, is a gift from the Father of Lights. And so we want Jesus to be that aroma. So whether it's, you know, something good at school, something good at baseball, something good at good tasting food, good friendship. We always are trying to build a, a mindfulness where we're one tick away from that aroma of the glory of Christ. Mm. We speak of him often. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just talk about some of the practicals of how you try to strategically invest Christ yeah. in your home. So um, what would an example of kind of family Devo look like mm. in the night home? Yeah. So we, we normally do it probably five days out of the week. Saturdays, we don't normally do a more structured time. Sundays, we pray together before we leave to go to church. Mm. We always pray together. And we actually confess sin and ask the Lord to forgive us and mm. the blood and mercy of Christ. But the rest of the days, those family devos uh, will normally happen in the mornings. We homeschool, so we're not rushing off. So I, I realize that sets us apart from some of the listeners. But um, So it's normally from roughly 8 to, I don't know, 8.15 or so. It's not long. Mm-hmm. And in it, it's always it always varies. So sometimes we're reading through a book like right now we're reading that book theology. I can't remember who wrote it. We're reading through that. Uh, other times we'll read through books of the Bible. So Matthew, we've read through the book of Matthew together. We read mm-hmm. through Acts together. Uh, we've read through some Old Testament. I think we read through Genesis together. And so it basically consists of a short prayer at the beginning, uh, reading something uh, from Scripture or from that sort of devotional book. Uh, and then I'll try to engage them in conversation. Andy and I both will engage the boys in conversation, uh, which is not always easy. We can talk about that. Uh, boys are not very talkative. At least my boys are not very talkative. So it's a matter of trying to draw them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a little bit of a slightly longer time of prayer at the back end of that. Love it. And sometimes I'll get the boys to pray. And, and, but most often I'll pray Amen. in relation to that thing we talked about. Amen. And what you're talking about is just patterns that make it very normal and natural for children of the King to talk about the King. And as you said, the aroma of Christ to be in the home. So I love that. And I, I often say about Thomas family devos that if you want to know what we do, prepare to be sorely underwhelmed. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not impressive. Yeah. There's no like Mount yeah. Carmel fire coming down from heaven. It's not like Shekinah <laughs> glory in the Holy of yeah. Holies. It's just very ordinary and uh, trying to create patterns where it's normal and natural to talk about the most important person in the universe. So very talked about the Lord's Supper this morning. And I asked the boys, we don't give the boys the Lord's Supper because they've not made a public Mm. profession of their faith. And so I just asked the boys this morning, like, boys, what is the Lord's Supper? They were able to tell me what it was. And I said, well, why don't you take it? Like you tell me now it wasn't accusatory in any way. It was just it was inquisitive. And so we just had a conversation and prayed. So not like you said, most people sitting around that would not have thought much of it, but it was, I think, helpful. Amen. Yep. Little contribution. I don't remember the meal I ate seven years ago today, but somehow it sustained me to where I'm at. And same with that diet of Christ and his word in our, in our homes. Okay. Well talk about just enjoying uh, your, your family. Uh, what are some extracurriculars that say your boys like to do? They can't ride their bike. He's had it for six months. It's still in saran wrap, but uh, what do they do and what's some fun stuff or enjoyable 
things that you guys do together. Yeah, we can we can talk more about this if, if we get have time. But, you know, one of the things that I try to do is we've done this in our church, doing our families. I want to have a really crystal clear definition of what biblical manhood and biblical womanhood is mm. so that whatever we do in our activities, I just want to kind of draw on those things as we do them. So, for instance, I would argue that biblical manhood involves this notion of leadership and doing hard things. That's true of women, too, but it's especially true of women. And so. We try to do things. It's harder in the city to do hard things. I, we have these conversations all the time. I grew up having to mow the grass and, and bag it and you know work with my hands and stuff. And we don't have a house. We can't do mm-hmm. that stuff. So uh, one of the things we do is, is my wife is amazing at this. She gets them. We have uh, kind of parks here, so we get them out, and they go hiking. Um, and we look at, we talk about animals and we have them, they dig at things and they, they do boy stuff. They take, they go to a Creek and skip rocks and they do all those kinds of things. So there's a lot of walks. We, we like to go outside of the city and try to go to as many parks as we can. we got a ton of parks around DC. Hmm. So we go to battlefields a lot. Uh, they love going to battlefields. We go to battlefields a lot and we go to national parks and things like that a lot in our summertime vacations. But probably the biggest activity we do the most that most people, if they looked at us, they would say that's the thing they do the most is baseball. Praise the Lord for the <laughs> gift of baseball. Uh, so I have uh, raised my children up in the greatest game ever, and we spend a lot of time at the baseball field. Love it. So um, what type of teams are available for them to play on in the district, and are you involved in yeah. coaching? Yeah, so very involved in coaching. We've got Northwest Little League right here, and it is awesome, man. They run it. It's just a really well-run uh, organization, and so it's right. We can literally walk to the fields if we wanted to. Um, um, and, yeah, we go there. We have practices. I coach normally. I head coach one of my son's team, and I assist coach on the other team. And then we have practices throughout the week. And then on top of that, anytime me and the boys can go steal for, off for a 30 minutes to an hour, which is pretty frequent, We'll go up, the three of us, and uh, go to the ballpark on our own and play. Love it. Well, the reason I asked more about that is because you and I have talked before about how just in our streams of life, like being on mission with Jesus doesn't necessarily mean adding seven things to our schedule that would be, you know, quote, interruptions, but rather just in the streams that he puts us in looking for opportunities to come in Christ. So I know you You do basketball. Yep. And the Lord used that to connect us to so many families to get opportunities to share the gospel. So uh, I know with you and your boys, you guys are looking for opportunities to utilize even that extracurricular stuff to commend Christ. And that's part of the way we treasure Jesus with our family. Very good. Um, Well, during this pandemic, I have heard and seen kind of online and other ways people really speaking of their children as a curse, like, Oh, we can't get away from each other. Or, you know, now we've got to, you know, basically be responsible for the, for the little people that are are part of our family. But I believe God's been preparing godly families for a long time for this quarantine season and uh, the joys of spending time together and, you know, just the relational harmony. So, um, during this season, has anything stood out to you in a in any particular way that you'd like to share now? Yeah, it, probably not for me personally because my schedule, the the core of my schedule, hasn't changed much. 
Uh, the Andy's always homeschooled. That continues on. I'm still going into the office because there's nobody here. Uh, so that hasn't changed. But it, in shepherding other people in our church as it relates to their mm-hmm. kids, I have found that you get the best of both worlds. I found that a lot of a lot of mom and dads are happy that they're getting additional family time, but they're also frustrated because they're not being able to get much work done yeah. uh, because they're at home. And so I find them kind of operating between this thankfulness and a little frustrated yeah. uh, because they can't do it. And especially in, in D.C., you know, the, the kind of cultural idol here is work. Yep. productivity, man. Get it done. That's right. That's right. What about you? Have you seen that? We have. I mean, we've really enjoyed it. I have six kids. You have two. And there's always, you know, something going on at the Thomas house. But um, the Lord has really blessed us during this season to be able to enjoy one another's company. We have done tons of fun things. We've gotten creative with the fun stuff. Unlike you, we do have a, a little bit of a yard. We live in the city, very yeah. urban context yeah. also. But right. we, have, we have a home with us with a backyard. And But we have just spent tons of time together. Our times of devotion have been rich. And there have been some of those that have been spontaneous and have led to some really good discussion. But we've had even, I would say during this pandemic, especially, we have had the precious privilege of this going deep with our kids in conversation, like drawing out emotion and how, are you, how do you feel and, you know, what are some fears in your life, some hopes, some dreams. I mean, we've, we've had those kinds of conversations with each of our kids in different ways. That's, that's really been a joy and a blessing, but no, no, it's been wonderful. That's good. Okay, brother, I'm going to ask as we close for you to do something that I didn't prepare you for, but I know will be such a blessing to anybody who listens. And it might, I, I pray and I trust be used by some who listen to share with their children. So I want you to think about our precious TCT network, these dear brothers and uh, churches that we love so much and benefit from so much. But most of these pastors are also like you, husbands and fathers. Many of them have young children. And like you mentioned about your boys, children Mm -hmm. who have not yet made professions of faith. Perhaps they're regenerate like your kids. They've heard the gospel gods of times. Uh, The Lord will make that clear. But would you just take three minutes or less and share the good news of the gospel with the children of the pastors of the TCT network. Amen. Amen. I'll do that. Can I do one thing on top of that? Really Please. Fast? If you'll let me, I'll make it quick. Uh, kind of the heart of the way that we try to think about discipling our children is, is, uh, is really Deuteronomy six, four down to seven and down through there, just as you are going, you shall teach them diligently mm-hmm. to your children. She'll talk to them as you sit in your house when you walk. And I'm trying to always not, I'm not leaning so heavily on those family Devo times yeah. as I am trying to look at a sunset and talk to my boys about, look at that. You yeah. know, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands Amen. day after day, they pour sports speed and seize upon those. I think we can, we can put too much load on the family Devos and not enough on this notion of Deuteronomy six, where we're just doing life. Yeah. You know, well they strike out three times at the baseball game and we talk about it and we point them to Jesus and man, I try to major on that and uh, kind of minor on the emphasis of the more formal family default. We're doing those, but men try to really seize on those moments just as life is going on and just weaving Jesus in everywhere we go. Praise God. Well said. I've seen you do it with my yeah. own eyes and heard it with my ears and appreciate you adding that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, brother, for adding that. Yeah. All right. Well, let me let me uh, let me talk to the kids. 
for here just for a second. So let me kind of use that, kiddos, as you're thinking about this. So right now, if you would, if you're able to, look out the window. If you look out the window, like I'm looking out of the window right now, you maybe you see clouds, maybe you see the sun, maybe you see the sky. Maybe it's nighttime and you see some stars, maybe you see some trees. And the Bible teaches us that all of that is talking. Isn't that fun to think about? The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. And so, kids, think about this. The clouds are kind of talking. The sky is talking. And what is it saying? Well, the Bible says that it's declaring the glory of God. And right, in, and it does, right? When you look at those clouds or that sun, it's so big and so beautiful and so bright and so interesting when you slow down and think about how big it is. And so the bigness and the wonder of creation points us to the bigness and the wonder of the one of whom they speak of. And that is the glory of Jesus as big and as beautiful as that sun is, for instance, or that star is Christ is even brighter and more glorious because he's the one that put them into place. Isn't that amazing? And the, here's the, what's even more amazing is that one that put those stars and that sun and those clouds into place. He is so powerful. He not only put them into place, but he became a man. Can you believe this? He became a man and he dwelt among us so that we might behold his glory. And we saw his glory in a sinless life. Never failed. Never disobeyed his parents, which we have done. He never failed. Never disobeyed the, the law and always obeyed it actively. And then he gave his life. This one that made the heavens and the stars, the Bible says he holds them all together. That one, his sinless life made an atoning sacrifice for all those that repent of their sin and trust in him. And his death, burial, and his resurrection, he overcame sin and death. The only one overcame sin and death. His resurrection and ascension now pleads the merit of his blood to the father and so son son or daughter there if you give your life to jesus you trust jesus guess what you get to be with the god that made those stars that made that sun and you get to behold the glory of christ who is even more glorious than that tree you're looking at and that star you're looking at or that sun you're looking at which is a star or the sky he's greater than that and he's made it possible for you to behold that glory through his finished work that you might know him and treasure him forever. Amen. Thank you, brother. I'll definitely be sharing that with some little people in my house and pray that it'll be useful for those who listen to share with their kids as well. Brother, thank you so much for the time. I love you. Send my greetings to Andy and to the boys and God willing, we'll connect with you again soon. Grace to TCT folks. God bless brother. See ya. Bye-bye.